0: Welcome to the Hail to the District podcast with your host, Rajan Nanavati. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Hail to the District podcast. Pat and Rajan coming back at you yet again. As we record this podcast episode on Monday evening, we got the Bills-Patriots game on in the background. We were just talking about a moment ago, but we're here to discuss instead the Washington football team's win over the Las Vegas Raiders. That's... City and name together still sounds very weird to say out loud, but it's the but, Oakland Raiders, it's 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 always going to be the Oakland Raiders, you can just like so San Diego Chargers, you can get away with the LA Raiders and I would be okay with that but Las Vegas is just no that's yeah it's always going to be the San Diego Chargers um, by a final score 17 to 15 nonetheless, giving Washington their fourth straight win since the bye week. And to that end, Pat, before I turn it over to you to get your thoughts on the win, um, especially since we didn't really discuss the game much since yesterday, um, I will say to that point that I'd made, um, it may not have been perfect, might not have been pretty, uh, but as ridiculous as this would have sounded if you told me as recently as Halloween that I would be saying this, again, six weeks later or whatever it is, if the NFL playoffs started today, Washington would have not only definitively clinched a playoff spot, but we would have earned one of the top six seeds in the post as opposed to that bullshit team that they've added to the playoffs. Like one of the top six seeds in the NFC and we're only two games back of the NFC East lead. I will leave it to you or to let you go from there, Pat. Yeah.
1: Two back-to-back weeks. we won 17, 15. I think it's the first, first time in NFL history. It's Corigami from, from that standpoint. Um, yeah, yesterday it wasn't pretty, but like none of our wins have really been pretty. I would say the Tampa win was pretty. We dominated that game basically <clears throat> thoroughly, start to finish. But, uh, you know, this is what Ron wants. This is, it's kind of the team we expected in the beginning of the year. It just did this a game feel a game.
0: lot like the 49ers game of last year, where like it was ugly. It nothing, where we go-
1: didn't score a single off and touchdown.
0: Yeah. And Chase it Young won. and Cam Carlos sealed that win last year. That was the game that this reminded me of a lot. Obviously, we didn't have defensive yeah. touchdowns or Chase Young, but
1: the only the only caveat I'll give to that is uh, Dwayne has play playing the second half of that game, so I thought we we're gonna lose the entire oh, time. Good, good, call. good <laughs> call. I forgot about that. Part. <laughs> but the the thing about this game is there's a couple. Of things. One, Heineke's QBR was actually really good. It was like 68 or something from this game, which actually surprised me because I actually didn't think he played that well. In fact, I think he played pretty poorly, but. He kind of, you know, he took what the defense – he was very open about this after the game. I think they were double and triple teaming Terry just all game. And he basically took what they gave him. uh, And uh, as a result, we lined up and said, here you go, Gibby, go take the NFC lead in rushing yards. Uh, He's the leading rusher in the NFC right now uh, with 800 yards. Uh, The game, I don't know. I don't care how you win. You know, obviously everyone was like, just win, baby, because of Al Davis. But, like, let's look at the facts here. We went across the country, played a team on 10 days rest in their home. And, yeah, the game was closed. And, sure, like, we almost lost at the end. But, like, that opening drive was sweet. We put our stamp on that game real fast. And then we just grinded it out. And it's such a, like – I don't, know if my, I don't know if microcosm is the right word here, but, like, it was what Ron envisioned. It was, like, emblematic. what the team should be. If Yeah, yeah, emblematic of what Ron does. It was just a grind it out, like, we're going to punch you in the mouth over and over and over, and then it's going to give us a chance to win. And you know what? Like, I'm tired of people either bitching or praising Heineke. Let's focus, to your point, we're the sixth seed right now. Let's focus on the here and now. And the only thing I'll say about... Well, I guess we'll talk about Heineke more later. But like, whether you think is good or bad, as soon as we got that ball back after they kicked that field goal to take the lead, there was zero doubt in my mind that Heineke was going to take us right down the field. Now, great, so, he almost threw a pick six, but I had zero like I I felt comfortable knowing we'd get into field goal range. However, I was not comfortable with the kicker. And that's a different story.
0: John Kime talked about this. It's funny I, I echoed that exact sentiment. So that's he's pretty much like. I, when I try to listen to with the few minutes I have to listen to a podcast now that I don't have a commute, I listened to him and I was listening to him. He talked to the kid from the Washington Post um, about like the in their post game pod. And he was talking yeah, about the, what, what was your confidence level after um, Heineke, A, through the interception and then B, put was in the were, oper- like
1: awful, was insane. in the situation. Whole play was
0: awful uh to come back and and I, i'm speaking the god's truth it's not hind it's not hindsight being 5050 uh hat tip steve spurrier um it was i literally believed i was like no he's gonna he's gonna take us down the field like we're getting this i, I genuinely believe that i texted my friends yeah, so my right. my concern was my biggest concern I, i'll swear on this was more so about how much time do we leave on the clock for oakland to respond that was my concern, right? Because I think we left them was it thirty-seven seconds. I think after the field goal was,
1: they also got hosed in a few seconds.
0: They didn't. Oh yeah, they totally lost about three or four seconds right before the hail yeah. mary or two two plays. They 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 fucked up the clock management there one hundred percent. The officiating again, we can say this about every single game. The officiating was particularly horrid. Like it was, it has been like that for a lot of games as of late. Like no one knows what's a catch. You can point three games. I was going back and forth with my with my buddy and who's a Cowboys fan. and there was that one interception, I think, in the, the Cowboys uh, inter- Cowboys Saints game on Thursday night. I was like, that is no different hitting the ground in the way the Logan Thomas touchdown hit, hit the ground on Monday night against the, on the Seahawks. But Logan Thomas's catch was not a, was not a catch, but this catch was a catch. I'm like, the NFL has no idea what a catch is. They have no idea what roughing the passer is. It's absolutely out of yeah. control. It, Crosby's they,
1: Crosby's roughing the Bastard was so bad.
0: Like they, I they, thought that was such a clean hit. <laughs> it, it's just it's absolutely atrocious, and they have no idea what they're doing. Uh, I they, got they off.
1: talked about they they talked about Crosby because they his weight came down on Heineke, but like where else is his what is he supposed go? to do? It was a clean hit. Like every go look at any like we're gonna teach the fundamentals of wrapping. Now, granted, like Heineke, I don't want him to die, and I'm thankful for the penalty because we actually scored a touchdown on that drive, uh, but. That wasn't rough from the Passer. That was like a textbook tackle.
0: Yeah. The NFL has and no idea know. what they're doing.
1: Also, the pass interference call on Holcomb. And the- awful.
0: awful. Absolutely awful. Wait, I mean, he didn't do anything. Just absolutely straight garbage. Um, but to, the, to finishing even, that point.
1: Even uh, even what's his name? New was not pass interference. Uh, I want to keep on him, call him Wes Walker, but what's his name?
0: Hunter Renfro. Renfro. Hunter yeah. Renfro,
1: he, he knew him. He knew it was the
0: best. Yeah, Clemson, dude, Hunter Renfro, um, finishing the yeah. point. Heineke, like Welcome. I believed it. My biggest concern was how much time we were going to leave them on the clock because Oakland was starting to get a little bit of rhythm, momentum, or whatever you want to call it, or tempo, or whatever cliche you want to use at the end of the game. Um, yeah, there's a lot of thoughts about that in terms of Heineke. How about the stones? How about the stones on my kicker? Yeah, dude. Half the team,
1: half the team didn't even know who he was.
0: I Somebody still am not hundred percent sure and he's a Virginia tech kicker and I'm still not hundred percent sure what his like name he's is. 16. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody knew who he was or like, that's the kicker. And, uh, literally like not the kicker isn't the joke, but like, that's the fucking kicker. I have no idea who that is. Um, segueing into the offensive performance or the non-Heineke part of the offense. So we've talked about this a few times, um, in different capacities, but like the team is obviously since the bye week turned into a ground and pound, you know, uh, smash mouth whatever stupid phrase you want to use type of offense um there was that quote that the guy from the washington post said he was like scott turner's calling run plays on 60 percent of first downs in a game if it's 59 60 percent if the score is within one if it's a one score game or something like that uh, i just calculated up antonio Gibson's 95 carries over the last four weeks uh for 388 yeah, yards
1: awesome.
0: <laughs> for someone who was supposed to be on a pitch count So, yeah, so much for that. Um, So I will say this in two parts, and you mentioned the offensive line is one of the things, as one of your talking points. I will venture to say, at the risk of hyperbole, this is the, when you watch this team zone block in terms of their offensive, in terms of their run blocking, especially now with Sheriff back in the lineup, I don't think we've seen gaping holes like this for the Washington runners since, literally since 2012, when we're like, they were opening up these mile long holes for, for Alfred Morris. And like you could drive a semi truck through those gaps that Alfred Morris ran for 1,600 yards through. Like this is the best running, uh, is the best performance we've seen from run blocking we've seen through this offensive line years.
1: So the offensive line, I did tell you that. I, I, I think there's two keys to our turnaround. Uh, the first is the offensive line we're talking about, the second is the secondary, which we can talk about later. So there's two, two facts. Uh, I tweeted this both from our you know, district account today. If you are listening, go follow. Uh, first is, do you remember Adam Schefter tweeting uh, before the Tampa game? Oh, the skins are getting chef or uh, sheriff back. There are 50%. They win 50% of the games. He's in, they lose it. They, they lose third or they win 13% of the games. He's out. Well, I looked at it today. He's played in eight games. We're six and two in those eight games. And we're zero and four when he's not in the I know what you're talking about. There's, there's, there's all this talk we've talked about. Like every person who does a podcast, whether they cover the team or their fans like us, has talked about the fact that we probably can't sign Sheriff now. He's on a second, uh, uh, franchise tag. But like, not bad for a guard. We we gotta have him. Like, he's how can so you not? Always, like, how can
0: you not bring him back?
1: So important. And the the thing that I think gets overlooked is when he when he goes down, I, I've said this. I think you've said it. I've, I've seen it on Twitter. People always always say, well, you know, I don't want to give him the money because Schweitzer's also pretty good. Uh, well, guess what? By having Scherf and Flowers there, Schweitzer can now be the backup guard to both spots, and he can play center. He becomes an extremely valuable piece to that middle of that offensive line. Uh, and, like, we just – we win when Scherf's in the line. Knowing that, there's something that I think was very interesting about yesterday that is very uh, indicative of how we're playing right now. Uh, Gibson had 88 yards rushing yesterday on 23 carries. He had 43 of those yards on just five carries to start the game. So he's he's averaging about 8.6 yards a carry through his first five carries. He ripped off a 22-yarder to start the game, had some chunk yards, had the most important one-yard run of his damn career uh, in the red zone, which looked like about a 10-yard loss.
0: And he squirted uh, and then, forward to get that last few inches.
1: Last year, yep. And then he had a 16-yard run to kick off the second uh, series, which well, I thought at that point we were about to just run away with the football game. Um, but then he slogged. From there, it was 18 carries for 45 yards at 2.5 yards a pop. And I know those st- you look at him, you're like, damn, that sucks. But like, think about what that did. We just burned clock and just burn that the strength of that team was their uh their pass rush at least in my opinion and by just pounding the rock as much as we love Heineken I'm I'm obviously a big Heineken guy I don't think he's for those listening I don't think he's like QB1 godsend franchise guy but he's he's a fucking gamer uh But by not having him having to drop back in obvious passing situations, we eliminated a lot of what could be worse scenarios for us, in my opinion. Now, he did throw the pick, which sucked. But by pounding the rock, I think we helped Heineke, and we controlled the game. And for the fourth straight week, we controlled time of possession. We controlled just the overall flow of the game, all because we're we're just committed to the run. The other thing thing to that is, this is really random, but every time Deshaun Everett plays,
0: he kills somebody. Shazer <laughs> Everett is an, is, is, yeah. is, a, is a nasty man. He's uh, a physical dude. To your point, I'm going back through my notes right now. Uh, I think it's their second, second drive of the second half, right? They Vegas comes out with like Mariota on the field. They hit the big pass. She, they whiz right by Cole Holcomb's ear on to Foster Moreau, their backup tight end. Um, Holcomb, big underrated part of the game. I want to talk is more about Cole was, Holcomb. Is that
1: when Mariota was lined up in the slot?
0: I can't remember if didn't Mario was he, didn't, he,
1: didn't he line up as wide receiver for that play? They no, did man. some crazy
0: shit in that on, on that drive. Like, they started to open up the, the play. I wonder he's hard all the time. Holcomb had a big breakup in the end zone, um, breaking, up a, uh, well. uh, to, uh, breaking up a pass in the end zone. They kick a field goal at 7-6. I literally wrote down, I'm like, Washington has to respond to stem the momentum. Nine plays, 75 yards, and another five and a half minutes off the clock. Vintage, like just Dude. another another, you know, grinded out type of drive. Um, obviously, they get the, to get a couple of big penalties, right? So the stupid John Abraham personal foul there. Um, there's another penalty. I swear that they had on to be
1: the only thing I'll say about that penalty, which like I didn't think it was a penalty at all. <laughs> uh, but but that guy sheriff makes got up plays all the it. time. Sheriff got up and screamed for it. He knew exactly what happened. I was like, "What are you screaming at, dude? You just got taken out, like whatever." And then they, and then same play happened. Logan Thomas is done for the year, or maybe not, but.
0: Yeah. Um and another play, another big play in that drive. Uh there was a third and six or can't remember where it was, it was on the on the plus side of the field. And Heineke scrambles for a first down. Another under in the, in
1: the red in the red zone.
0: Yeah. And that was another big, another big, big play. And then I think a couple of plays later he had that sidearm to Gibson for the that play.
1: That play, Perryman came out and uh KJ came in. And the defense got confused, and the, they overloaded a blitz on the left the side left, and left the the side. right wide open. And Heineke, to his credit, took off and got, what, eight yards popped up. Anytime Heineke's running, that's like – I think he's just way better. Hat tip to here. I think he's way better when he is moving around. Uh, he's playing a little moxie. He's not sitting there trying to beat anybody with his arm. When he's moving around, he's like kind of cocky. That's the Heineke we want.
0: He's doing Tony uh, Romo shit.
1: And then after, yeah, yeah. After that play, we uh, it was first and goal at the nine. We went three yard run to Gibson, two yard run, three yard run to Gibson, two yard run to Gibson, four yard touchdown pass to Gibson. <laughs> he just became our entire red zone offense because LT at that point was out, which is brutal. Brutal. But yeah, that was a huge play behind because that kept the, uh, Huge play by Heineke and a huge job by the offensive line picking up that blitz.
0: I will say that to your point about blitz and picking up the blitz using that, um, we've started to see over the last couple of weeks. I've, I've made notes about this pretty frequently. Teams are starting to bring the blitz a little more. They're they're actually trying to fluster Heineke. Like if, if you look at if you look at the sack numbers over the, even over the win streak, they're significantly higher than like the first eight games of the season. Like significantly higher, like five x higher, or something like that. And and, in in particular, Charles Leno has played very very well in the run game. He's been a very for like a scrap heap acquisition. He's been a very good acquisition. Um, But teams are definitely starting to try to bring some pressure on that side of the offensive line. They're attacking Ishmael a little bit as well during the game. Um, So teams are bringing more pass rush against us. And kind of so that's the flip side of the offensive line. And one of the things that I mentioned, I think in the outline or somewhere, but. Um, a few people said this, and I, I think you know, it's it's always nice to talk about this from the perspe- from the winning side. But if if Washington had lost, I think a lot of fingers would have been pointed at Scott Turner's game plan because I feel like we're kind teams of been, know, teams know teams what we're doing. We've been the same team for four weeks. The screen passes, yeah. like everyone's starting to play downhill. There was that one, there's one play, I think it was the, the Antonio Gibson third and one where he got there. The Raiders literally had nine or ten dudes in the box, and they're like, "Throw it ten yards past us. I dare you."
1: Yeah,
0: right. Yeah, everyone.
1: That's the that's the Heineke problem, though. That is that is, Stevens' coordinator saying, "If you want to beat us, you're going to beat us with with NFL throws to the outside ten yards ten yards out."
0: I think it's a chicken and egg because I definitely think it's a Heineken thing. Like we've documented the fact about his arm strength, that there's no question about that. And that he's a little more touch and press touch and placement versus like, you know, rocket the ball down the field and, and and go let his receiver make a play. I think this, the play calling is an element. Like, I don't think we had a single shot play yesterday, like one single shot play. Now that could also be a function of like, who are we going to throw the shot play to? But like Deami Brown, the only ground has been—he's
1: been—I mean, I know first-year receivers struggle uh, sometimes. Traditional, outside of the last like three or four years, with these young kids coming in that are just like freaks, freaks. yeah. Uh, Brown though has been a letdown. I think we can officially say he's been a letdown. He's nine catches on the year, but like he was brought in to take deep deep shots, and. The last deep shot I can remember taking to him was probably against the Giants on Thursday Night Football. Like I don't remember us throwing the ball downfield to him. Um, like teams are going to take Terry away; they are not going to let Terry beat
0: them. Obviously, um, Colonel um, is why, injury history is a thing. So,
1: yeah, and which I think is why it's a good thing, but also I think there's a reason behind it. Every every game Heineke's played, the announcers made some comments like Heineke seven for nine with completions to six different receivers. A lot of that, I think, is because McLaurin is just going to be freaking bracketed or double-teamed almost at all costs. Yep. And so Heineke has to find ways to get the ball to different people. And the problem is, um, at least in my opinion, is like we don't really have anybody to be, he can really trust now that Thomas is hurt.
0: Which is why – But I do, think, go which
1: I do think there's something to this guy, Humphreys. There's a reason all his catches go for first downs. Heineke He's so clutch. And he runs good routes. Yeah. Heineke trusts him and he runs good routes. Yeah.
0: My dad was watching the game yesterday. He was like, I don't know who this guy is, but I like but he's great. When he was like Adam half Humphreys had like a couple of clutch catches. Every every third down in these drives where Taylor
1: goes and wins a the game, there's always a catch where Humphreys is involved.
0: Yeah. Um where I was going with this, something you popped into my head um while you were talking about this, and it was something that kind of goes back to something you were touching on earlier, right? It was about the fact that like this is a short week, blah, 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 Monday night flying across the country. And I know you listen to the the John Kine podcast as well. And after that Seattle game, screwed
1: through east in a row.
0: The Seattle game, he was talking very clearly about. He was like, look, him and Bram Weinstein were talking about the fact that like this could be the toughest, a the toughest game they play in this stretch and B, one of the most resilient or whatever victories they have, considering A, the short turnaround, B, the cross-country flight, and C, you lost integral parts of your offense and defense in J.D. McKissick, who I was joking with somebody, can't remember who it was, it was probably multiple people. McKissick
1: is so important.
0: Our entire offense, the second half of last season, the second half was throw the ball to Logan Thomas or throw the ball to J.D. McKissick. That was our entire playbook.
1: McKissick is so important. He's so important.
0: I mean, the, the facts speak for themselves. He's a wide receiver. He led the NFL in receptions among running backs last year. He he led the NFL, right? Literally number one in the NFL running back catches by running back. And same thing. You could argue he's been better this season, given the performance that he had last year. And I thought the injury to him or the loss of him would be devastating. And to some extent it was. And then, you know, as silly as this sounds, and it's not silly, but it's just given how much we've crushed him, but like, the landing Collins injury on multiple layers, people were like, we missed him, the presence that he brought as whatever the fuck position he's will, playing right
1: now. I will eat a lot of crow, Collins.
0: I was calling for benching him.
1: I was like, should we trade? find, find a trade partner, even though no one would take his contract? I didn't want him in the game. Uh, and once we moved him to the Buffalo Nickel, which we all thought he was going to be the start of the season. Uh, once, once we put him there and we put McCain and Curl in the back end, He's a totally different player. He's like, I know he still hates it, but the reality is, is like he's making, he's earning every single dollar. And what he does is he makes up for Jamin Davis. And what? I, see where I'm going with this. I think Davis is figuring it out. You can see him diagnose that screenplay where they keep the field goal at the end of the game. Like his speed flashes every week. But Davis also missed like three or four tackles in the uh, flat where he just... Flat out whiffed on like John Bostic whiff style.
0: And I think Collins,
1: a big part Don't of. Don't be Collins smart,
0: is, Jamin Davis, by calling him John Bostic.
1: Oh, sorry. I didn't, he's not John Bostic. I'm saying he whiffed on those tackles, though, like John Bostic. Uh, and one of the beauty parts, uh, beautiful parts of Collins is Collins is our single best tackler. And he cleans up a lot of that kind of mess in those areas. And so, when you have linebackers flowing to the ball like Holcomb and Davis can, because they have speed, if he comes back inside and you have help, there's Collins who's going to make that tackle. So, I think we actually missed Collins a lot. And I think we desperately need him with freaking Pollard, who is way better than Elliott, uh, for the Cowboys game.
0: You know, it's really funny, uh, if you go back and look at the contract situation, Landon Collins, like almost certainly in a vacuum would be a salary cap casualty at the end of the season. He's got a $16 million cap hit going in. Uh, We can recoup about seven or eight of that, you know, by releasing him. I have gotten to the point, like, he's not going to stay here. I think, because you he keep... I think you have to keep him too. He's not going to stay here because, because he's going to play out of position. Some other team is going to be like, no, we'll make you a safety. And they'll run the same mistake that we, you know, tried to do, but like, It makes sense for the if they could somehow get him a restructured deal to be like here, stay here, and somehow convince him to continue playing this, and maybe try to convince him that like you're on a team that's on somewhat on the up and up. Yes, it's it's in the it is very much in the benefit of both parties to bring him back. I mean, the
1: defense totally changed when we brought him up. All of a sudden, we're playing with three competent linebackers and Davis, Collins, and Holcomb, and then the secondary, which I like want to harp on. I think I think our whole defense has changed. Because not only we move forward to the back to the outside, he's played great. Willie Jackson been worth every penny the last like four or five weeks.
0: He's been better the um, last couple of weeks.
1: Yeah, he's been he's been great. Um, my, the one, one rep or DK basically said, you're a little boy compared to me. I don't know if you saw that, but DK absolutely crushed him.
0: I saw that uh, one. And then he also blew a coverage. I don't know if it was the Seattle. Yeah, it was, a, it was a big play on Tyler Lockett as well.
1: Um, regardless, they've both been playing well. Danny Johnson, shout out. Like, he pops every week.
0: Nobody uh, talks about him, but he's been playing really, really well.
1: He's been playing great. And then this week was probably McCain's best game. I'm not wild about McCain. I hate him. But I also, I also understand it's a new system for him. He came in kind of late, uh, but he's getting better. Got a look, got away with a little bit of hands at the end of the game, but no flags, doesn't matter. Uh, and then Curl is just like, Curl's played so well that I'm now officially scared that we
0: can't afford him. You see Logan Thomas comment about Cam Curl? Top five safety in the league. Top five safety in the league. Like I don't I, I don't know how we can pay him. We don't gotta worry, I don't think, for another year or so, but he's gonna command plenty of money and, ass he's, gonna, and shit. he's gonna
1: command plenty of money, and we we have sweat, young, pain, terry. Uh hell, we might even have to pay sheriff.
0: Sure. He's so good. He's so 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 good. Uh, that's what
1: that's what fans need to realize. If Heineken can hold the fort down at six and five and only cost five million dollars a year or whatever, that's a win.
0: I mean, a lot of people, smart football people have argued like that's ultimately the best way to build your team is have the, the rookie contract quarterback and then give the money to everybody else, right? Because once you start paying 100%. the quarterback 30 million dollars a year, there's one what six of the salary cap.
1: Once once they paid them. There's, right. I, I, need to go find, I need to go find the stat, but like there is an absurd uh stat about Super Bowl winning quarterbacks. About I think,
0: yeah, about their average salary. Their cap
1: hit. Their, yeah. yeah. Their cap and average salary, and like the only one that's won a Super Bowl when he's had a big salary
0: is, I think Peyton. I was gonna say Peyton in, in fifteen, whatever. Yeah. Like when otherwise, he's on the shot.
1: Otherwise, it's all guys underneath, and then people say, oh,
0: "What about Brady? Well, Brady fucking takes pay cuts all the time to build the team. Brady's different. Brady's Brady. Your Brady's once." In literally the history of football type of player in, in some cases, right? But I he mean, also takes pay cuts for his team. Yeah, I mean, Brady was granted. still making $25-$27 million a year, but Brady but like and Belichick, cap, that's, that's cap different.
1: Cap what matters. Cap, cap hits what matters. Plus, he also married a woman who's richer than him. So he's he's got plenty of money.
0: God bless him. Uh, Yeah. No, this, the secondary, uh, so I agree. I'm probably not quite as bullish on the secondary as you. I, I shouldn't say the safety position, or I should say just Bobby McCain, really, because I agree with you about Kendall Fuller. Maybe not quite as bullish. I, and I was a big William Jackson proponent before the season, and I'm – He's played great. It's been better. I wouldn't call him great. He's been better the last couple of weeks. I think he's still – I I feel like he's a little bit of a fish out of water this season. I think another season, another season in the system will be good for him. Um, I'm not writing that off as a horrific pick. Uh, I continue, so I will continue to be very defensive about, no pun intended, about Jamin Davis. You, my my stance is well documented. It's the it's going to take time. He's we see the upside, we see the potential. This is it's it, people are expecting too much too soon, and every week he's making more and more plays. And uh, and
1: oh yeah, his speed pops every week.
0: I'm grading him, him, him on a curve.
1: He's learning how to wrap up.
0: Yeah, I, I'm still grading if, him. If, right. you're,
1: if you're a linebacker with his speed in the NFL and you're left one-on-one in the flat, you have to bring that guy down.
0: He missed a couple of tackles yesterday, but I'm still, like I said, I still grade him on a curve.
1: Look, I, I have no qualms with Davis. I like Davis. I, I, As I said, I don't think there is a – or I don't think it's a coincidence our defense has started playing well when Boston went down. Holcomb became like the guy and then Davis can clean up and Collins can run around and clean up around him. I don't think that's a coincidence. It's not a
0: coincidence. Um, uh, I
1: think, I think the problem, at least from a fan base perspective is Davis is a first round pick and you don't want your first round pick to be a project. You want him to be like
0: a superstar. That's the fans um, problem. That's not, that's not how oh yeah, reality I'm, works. I'm just,
1: I'm just, I'm just saying that's where the narrative comes from.
0: Yeah, well, that's a fucking stupid narrative. I'm not arguing. Yeah, like, that's just... And I I get really angry about this immediately. Like, you know, two games in the season where I'm declaring him the worst pick in the history of the franchise. And I'm like, you guys, you don't know your elbow. The worst pick in the history
1: of the franchise is Bobby Three Sticks. Fuck that guy.
0: God. No one wants to buy your book. No one. Stop. Oh, man.
1: Did you see what I retweeted from Fred Smoot today?
0: Yes. Mouth of the South.
1: If you haven't. Yeah, if you haven't listened to that, it is unbelievable. Ugh. Oh, it's great.
0: Leave it to leave it to Fred Smoot. Sixty-six percent of the world is water and thirty-four percent of it is smoot. Um
1: <laughs> it's hilarious. <laughs> LeVar literally can't control himself when smoot's going off on RG3. It's hilarious.
0: It's just he's he has to be one of the least self aware athletes I think we've ever seen in recent years. Like he has oh. to be one of the least self aware. the whole thing is just like what what,
1: so when it first happened i was like wow you are one of the top five worst human beings alive you're making money off sexual harassment you're literally making money off
0: and then he was like no 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 no. they sexually harassed me yeah really yeah i
1: was like are you and i know i screenshot this to you but i so badly wanted to tweet oh you mean the guy that cheated on his on his wife and Mother to his one year old with a woman he slid into DMs for. Dude, you slid I, into
0: some like, I did a two year old white like, woman that was DMs to, like while you were wife and child. I'm like, what? Yeah, fuck that guy. He's the worst. Like, are you serious? I choose to chant your name. And then, like, you want to talk about, you want to talk about, like, you know, being high and mighty. Like, you were openly opining to for this franchise to sign you earlier this season when, uh, Fitzpatrick went Make, down.
1: What did he say? Make the call. Is yeah, he
0: said? right. And he and he retreated the, the run against the Vikings, and now you're going to try to air your dirty laundry that no one gives a shit about. What a joke, yeah. man! I I I love that guy as much as any member of this franchise, and I regret every every single minute of it at this also, point. Also,
1: the the like mistreatment from the medical staff, which I admittedly was like, there's probably something there, but this is the guy that went all in week one, all in week one. All every week one. he had a
0: whole fucking slogan around. This is the guy who thought he was who decided who compared himself to Aaron Rodgers after his first season. Yeah, and said I should be doing this shit when Kyle Shanahan literally had to create the shot the 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 pistol offense to prevent him from having to make hard decisions. Yeah, so ridiculous. <laughs> Absolute joke. Uh I don't know how we got off on the the RG3 tangent, but that yeah, now no, <laughs> oh, no, first of those. No, no, it was the worst first round pick in franchise history. Um, oh, yeah. Quickly touching that, on things.
1: That would be a good podcast edit to actually rank the top five worst.
0: would be a good thing. Because
1: number one might be Desmond Howard.
0: Uh, no, uh, Desmond Howard actually found the end zone. Do you remember the left tackle or we Dotson? took from, from Penn State? He's Dotson's up there. Dotson has to be up there. Do you remember we took a tackle, Andre Johnson? Uh, he was old cement feet. We traded up, I got to be the 90s or something, like mid to it was 95, 96, I want to say. Is this the generation. Sean
1: Gilbert deal where all of a sudden we got like three first round picks? No,
0: no, no. We traded up late, 96, 97. Andre Johnson, left tackle from Penn State. We traded with Dallas. We traded up in the first round to That's get him. That dude shot. never played in the NFL. And I remember mm-hmm. there's a bunch of people who are like, "His, he, he looks like he has cement on his feet. Uh, yeah, he's a tackle. I want to say 94. Ninety four draft was Schuler. Um, it's not ninety five. I don't think he's all,
1: he, is, he is also up there.
0: Yeah, I mean Schuler was.
1: Yeah. Wow, we drafted him in the first round. He played in three career games.
0: Andre Johnson, all, right?
1: All of them. All of them with the lines. He never. He never even played a down for us. He's. Yeah, I think he. He ranks the winner, up there with
0: with. Um, yeah, he, he was probably he's the one that no, immediately comes to mind.
1: That's that's number one. He never played it down.
0: After devoting a first-round pick to him. um, Quickly touching on a couple things. Uh, Logan Thomas. So the news came out today that obviously the knee injury is not quite as bad. So Schefter tweeted out yesterday that it looks sounds like an ACL and MCL. Obviously, that sounds like it. Oh, that appears to not be the case. Still a season-ender, but the ramifications are that – or the ramifications are now that it may not be uh, quite as limiting for him. Which, is a, Which yeah. is a win. Which is a win.
1: Based um, on what I thought it was when it happened, that's a win.
0: You said it, and I will echo it or re- repeat it again. He's such an integral part of this offense. He has emerged into a bona fide top ten NFL, in, uh, top ten tight end in the NFL. There's no questions about that. I'll fight anyone who says otherwise. Um, Dude, he might
1: be top five when he's healthy. He's fucking good.
0: Uh, John Kime said it today. He may be the best red zone tight end in the NFL right now, given his combination of athleticism and his vertical leap. And just you the, see that catch he had, it was 10 feet in the air, man. Like that was absolutely that was ridiculous, good. right? What a
1: horrible throw! Dude, he just went up and got it.
0: Heineke was sailing, you alluded to it, but Heineke was sailing passes all game long. Uh, like, I think it was. Um, I want to get back to the commentators because they were particularly awful, but they had that. They mentioned that one, the one scramble, and then he she overthrew Thomas again. And oh, like, everyone was that, joking. That, I'm like, if he hit that, that would have been play of the week, right? Um, awful that, throw. That
1: was actually sick because he got away from Crosby, of all people. Yeah. Uh, so, my thing with Thomas, like, I think it's a devastating injury. And uh, one of the, I mean, it's devastating for him, the team, but all that's like, all the above. Know. Speaks for itself. But the thing that I think really hurts is Heineke's not a guy who can just wind up and, like, make some throw in the red zone where you're like, holy shit. Like, he doesn't have the arm talent to do that, so we need the players around him to do it. And we don't have anyone else who can go get a ball like Thomas can. How many times have we seen him box the guy out and they just lob it to him and he goes gets Or Heineke can throw off his back foot 10 feet in the air in the back of the end zone and Thomas can go get it.
0: If he wasn't his they- – if it wasn't Thomas's first game back, do you remember the deep shot they took to Thomas where he got popped by one of the safeties, or maybe it was Bobby Wagner, and the ball tips up and and they intercepted and they picked it? Yeah. yeah. If it wasn't his first game back, and if there wasn't rust, I swear Thomas holds onto that ball, right?
1: Yeah, I, no, I, I totally agree. I, the play that stands out to me is,
0: uh, it takes a lot, or
1: it took, excuse me, a lot for Alex Smith to like give his receiver a major chance. And when we played the Eagles in Week 17 of last year win yeah. or go home. The, the, we played the terrible. Bullet, the bullet in the, the end ad, zone. He, Smith threw a bullet one-on-one with Thomas in the end zone, and Thomas went and got that ball. Yep. That basically won us the game. Yeah. Uh, Remember that. So, like, Thomas being hurt sucks. The good news is uh, our tight end team, uh, tight ends are actually fairly good. Like, we'll get Sales Jones back. Bates is really good.
0: I still uh, want to say, so the only mitigating factor, and I don't want to take anything away from the loss of Thomas, but we were... Deceptively bullish on him before the season, John Bates has been a wonderful acquisition.
1: Dude, I'm, I'm gonna put a feather in our cap. We were right. We're not right very often. We both thought Bates is gonna be good, and he's uh, been great. He's, he's been a wonderful. 95 great um, rushing grade or run block grade by PFF. I'll argue 95. he's already
0: a top 20, if not higher, run blocking tight end in the NFL already today.
1: Well, I, think, I think I'm fuck that. I'll go top 10.
0: Yeah, i yeah, uh, I'm, uh, I'm, I might be being very conservative on top 20. Yeah,
1: but the problem with Thomas though is the red zone. That is
0: where he a one hundred percent. Uh,
1: and we convert like forty seven percent of our red zone trips into touchdowns, which was maybe last or second to last in the league. And I think a big reason for that is Thomas hasn't. You know, he's been gone for a lot of the season. I uh, and I don't think it's a. I don't think it's a coincidence that we won the game yesterday because we went two for two in the red zone. Yep. Uh, and that he wasn't there for the second one. We, Luckily, we still scored on a
0: kind of a sweet pass from Um No, he was he was like, he was that wasn't when the injury happened. He he was uh, available for that that drive. He was yeah. so he was
1: he was there for both drives.
0: He was there for both drives.
1: So not a coincidence. The two we're going two for two. Thomas is in there for both of them, and he scores on one on a play that was just wow! What a freak! So that's what I think we're going to miss, badly. I think that I, I think the tight ends will more than make up for the production, like. Seals Jones may as well be a wide receiver. Yeah, uh, between Bates, the twenties, we'll be fine. Bates is an amazing blocker, and the the play that really stands out to me is the fake end around or the the fake screen end around to Samuel, where they tried to keep Crosby napping. If that's Bates blocking and not uh, Thomas, Thomas, I bet that play yep. goes big.
0: Thomas missed that block. Yeah, Thomas lived. missed that block. I was thinking, I thought the same thing. Two things also. Um, and I think I can't remember was this game or the, the Monday night game, but there was a fake double screen and like and they got to Bates. I think he just missed it. And I'm like, oh man, the pass is just a little bit better. Bates like rumbles down the screen. Uh, Bates Bates gets a big big gainer on that one too. I think it was against the, uh, the the Seahawks. It mitigates it a little bit, but again, that's not to say that everything is going to be just fine without Logan Thomas because it's a it's a tough loss. But we will get JD back though. That's important. That's another thing. It sounds like JD McKissick's coming back. It sounds like Landon Collins is coming back. I think Wes Schweitzer will be back, which means our offensive line is further fortified. Going back to that again, had to, to John Kime and stuff in uh, the people that he's brought on his pod. Uh, and we talked a lot about this in our preseason pod, what we may have given up in quality at the starting point, offensive line group we have more than made up for in quantity in depth. It's been that has been one of the most unheralded storylines this year of like Ishmael stepping up and Schweitzer stepping up and all and, and 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 fucking Lucas. I mean he was a starter last year, but like you know, making up for Cosby being injured basically for the entire year. Right. Like um they played out of their minds with a patchwork group all season.
1: Well kudos to Ron. Uh so our offensive line coach is great Matt Scour. Let's go uh, but kudos to Ron. He, I, I, you're right. We've done this. We just won a game starting our fourth center.
0: Yep, literally fourth string um,
1: center. Fourth string center with a backup right tackle. Uh, but I will say kudos to Ron and kudos to the to the staff. Um, not just the staff, but like the personnel department, everyone. Because if, if you, I distinctly remember when we were going through preseason, uh, Ron was like we, we put like seven people, seven linemen on our practice squad, way more than the average team. And I remember being like, why the fuck are we loading up with so much beef? Uh, well, that, that beef has been needed and Ron had the foresight to know it. Uh, and so kudos to him. We, I mean, we are moving people in and out. Uh, you know, Sadiq Charles has started a game, granted he wasn't great, but like, if we have to plug him in, we know we can play. Um, Leno's our fourth center. Schweitzer's played every – both guard positions and center. Um, it's just amazing to watch. Uh, and it all goes back to, I think, Ron being like, you know what, we need as many offensive linemen to, to survive 17 games as we can possibly get. Uh, and they've all been great.
0: Buffalo won this uh, – the England won this game with Mac Jones comp- attempting three passes. They won
1: pass, yeah.
0: Three yeah. passes. Two of three Chris for 19 Russell's- yards. Chris-
1: Chris Russell's the happiest man alive right now. Jesus which Christ. Which brings me just which brings me just sheer disappointment. <laughs> uh
0: your rage for Chris Russell is only matched my my rage for um for the the the, the NBC sports guys. Good lord, I hate that. Oh,
1: uh, like uh Mitch and
0: JP. And, yeah. Uh,
1: what's the young guy's name? I don't
0: I, I don't I I don't know and I hate that.
1: Chris Russell's the worst beat reporter in the history of mankind. I hate him. He's
0: almost like a Skip Bayless type now, right? Like he's almost not even a yeah, reporter he, anymore,
1: right? It's clearly, it's clearly in his contract that he has to be a certain way. That if if he's like that, just on his own, then
0: I don't think he's that way. Like as a human being, I think he's. It's a shtick now. I genuinely believe it's a shtick.
1: I mean, it's got to be.
0: This uh, dude will be like, this
1: dude will pull up a tweet from four years ago, and be like, "Here, see, I'm right. I'm like, Are you fucking kidding me?
0: No one gives a shit." Uh, one other point I wanted to bring spe- to
1: I did just tweet at him,
0: that exact stat. Speaking of um, bad commentary, uh, the play-by-play guy and Greg Olson yesterday. Um, Greg Olson, generally speaking, is fine at his job. They were particularly bad yesterday. I uh, just wanted to kind of call that out. I thought Olson was good. I thought Olson was good. Uh, there were a couple of really asinine comments that they made. So my, first, my the one where I literally was like angrily scribbling in my notebook. Um, Greg Olson's like, oh, my God, Derek orchestrated just a masterful drive. The entire drive was a holding call on Deron Payne, which was terrible. They called an awful holding on that, that screen hole, pass.
1: That actually, I'm glad you brought that up. That holding Deron Payne was one of the worst calls I think I've ever seen.
0: He didn't touch him. He, he didn't barely grazed him. the
1: guy's arm. Barely so there was a him. holding
0: call, holding call on Deron Payne. There was a roughing the passer on two hill. And then a horrible, the horrible pass interference on Holcomb. That was the entire drive, like literally the entire drive. Like, oh my God, our Carr orchestrated a masterful drive there. What the fuck? It was 60 yards on penalties. And like, you're going to say he orchestrated a masterful drive there. Like, are you serious? So that was, a. and then, and literally as if it couldn't have been, the segue couldn't have been any better, right? As soon as Olsen finishes that sentence, Carr sails the two-point conversion to Brian Edwards. Like he misses that, that throw. And I'm like, okay, you're stupid. And then my other favorite comment they made where they were trying to sell us on the Steelers and Vikings and they're like, playoff hopeful Steelers and Vikings. I'm like, the Steelers are playing like hot garbage juice. They just beat the Ravens. I know, which I think is even worse on the Ravens than it is on Steelers because the Steelers are fucking terrible. And, uh, and, and and enough said about Minnesota given Detroit their first game of the week and basically sealing Mike Zimmer's fate there, right? So- and Did you see, I
1: tweeted it from the Halo District account. Did you see the stat on Kirk Cousins entering the fourth quarter?
0: I did not see that one. I missed this one.
1: Oh, my word. I'm going to pull it up right now and just show it to you. The, so it showed basically Kirk Cousins' uh, career record overall, broken down by like, when he's had the lead, when he's been tied, and uh, when he's been trailing entering the fourth quarter. <laughs>
0: my favorite right, I'm part. I to share my screen my favorite part of the Kirk cousins uh, situation is um, Justin oh, Jefferson is uh, Justin Jefferson. Basically like every time Kirk cousins does something, Justin Jefferson has the same disdain as every time my wife says, I want to quickly stop into target for something like it's, he's just, it's just this loud, you know, enormous expletives at the top of his lungs.
1: Yeah. All right. You ready for this? Yeah. And his career, his career with the Minnesota Vikings. So what he's on a year four now, probably. Whatever. Uh, Kirk Cousins is 27 and 1 entering the fourth quarter with a lead. Very good at protecting the lead. When he's tied entering the fourth quarter, he, he's 1 1, which is kind of absurd by his he's tied the fourth quarter, entering the fourth quarter twice. <laughs> when he enters the fourth quarter in Minnesota trailing, this cat is 2 25 and 1.
0: I'm surprised it's 2.
1: <laughs> that is so bad. Kirk, uh, freaking Heineke has started 11 games.
0: He's already done that twice. And they handed this dude $100 million in cash. Cash! Like, All guaranteed. Straight cash, homie.
1: <laughs> he sucks. I was so wrong about Kirk. I wanted this to keep him, but man, I'm so glad we did it.
0: I never thought I'd say the day where where I would praise the, the foresight of one Bruce Allen, right? Yeah. Oh my God. That's the what world we he, live in right now.
1: What is he? the two twenty five and one? The best part about it is they showed that stat, and then he actually did lead the Vikings back to take the lead. <laughs> just let like Goff go right down the field.
0: <laughs> I uh, I look like a big ass because the drive before was when Goff coughed it up, and I was yeah. commenting to my friends, "I'm like Goff has to be the worst quarterback in the NFL, worst non rookie quarterback in the NFL, worst that was a fourth four- down call." Yeah, the worst non-rookie starting quarterback, and then ironically, right after that happened, I switched over from Red Zone. I was watching on a single TV, so I switched over from Red Zone to the start of the Redskins game. game, and I missed the game-winning drive by the Lions. And everyone's like, "Golf," yeah, I and I'm like, "What? I what about golf?" I didn't know
1: it either. And I looked at the score and I saw it. I was like, "Oh, holy shit! The Lions won." Yeah. Uh, exactly. Also, the goddamn Sunday Ticket is the worst. We. I need Amazon or Apple TV. Somebody, please. It's a matter come of time in,
0: before they disrupt that. Please a, come Somebody's got to disrupt it.
1: Please come and buy. It. It's so bad. The amount of times I had to exit the app, go back in. Yesterday was like I did at least four times because it would just log me out. YouTube TV no, no did that
0: to me two weeks ago.
1: I was so annoyed.
0: Uh, and then finally, speaking of that, we'll end on next week is Dallas week, and I will already tell you, I'm missing the game for a goddamn family obligation i'm going to miss the entire game i'm going to miss the biggest game of this season because of a family commitment biggest
1: game it's the biggest game in a while
0: in a long while um and my dad Most has, is Dallas. my dad who is is equally interested in this stuff as i am he's like hey we got to go take care of this family thing and i'm like fuck ironically the family member was like oh no this weekend wouldn't work and i was like yes God. And then they were like, oh, no, it just opened up. And I'm like, you got to be fucking kidding me. So not only do we have to go fulfill this, and we have to go do it on Sunday afternoon in a situation where I can't even like stream the game in my pocket or something like that. So that's my Sunday.
1: Well, good news. It's uh, NDC, and people are bitching right now about how much money the, the tickets are. Just, I think it's hilarious uh, because you shouldn't have to pay any money to go in that stadium. Uh, but the, I think we're, I think they opened up at four and a half point favorites, which really means they're about seven point favorites. Um, I have no idea what to think about this game because on paper, Dallas is a better team. Definitively. They are like, I don't even when I can put my burgundy shade glasses on, whatever they are top to bottom, a better team than we are.
0: Yeah. But I think they're soft. You know, and, I, mean, I don't think they're soft. Yeah,
1: they're, they're a soft team, and they're going to get punched in the fucking face by Gibson. And I really like those odds. Uh, plus, they're also the dumbest team in the league, because I, I alluded to this earlier, but like Pollard should be the lead back, but he's not. I'd much rather deal with Zeke than freaking Pollard.
0: I really thought Zeke was um, going to have a big bounce back here this year. I really did, and boy, was I wrong. Much to my to delight.
1: Yeah, he's, he's not shifty. He can barely move. He looks banged up again, and meanwhile they like give Pollard only a few touches, and he he hits 50 yard runs every time he touches the damn ball. My only worry, my only worry about the Dallas game, and for the record, I think we're gonna beat Dallas. Uh, So I'm gonna put down the record now. I think we are gonna win. Uh, I think Diggs is really bad. Uh, He's given up more yards per reception than any quarterback in the league. He's also given up more yards to the opposing wide receiver than any cornerback in the league. So people can go off about how many interceptions he had. This dude gets burned all the time. And we saw Terry burn him last year at home. And I expect Terry, if they line up Diggs with Terry again, one-on-one, Terry's going to um, We get McKissick back. I think that's huge. We're going to get a very underrated player back. Larson's going to be back. Um, and with him and Schweitzer, all of a sudden we have our, I'll say, top two center just because we is really out for the year. Um, our offensive line gets a boon. Um, and I just think Heineke's playing with an outraged amount of confidence that we're going to be at home and I think we're going to win. My only worry is Dallas's offensive line is really good. Um, like they're very good. And we have two Hill, Wise, and who's the third guy on the outside? I hope Shaka Tony gets more run. Tony's uh, been playing well. So I worry. James Smith Williams. Yeah, so I worry a little question. bit about that. Smith Williams is playing man, well too. Smith Williams is playing great. Yeah. He's been a phenomenal seventh round pick. Uh, however, for as good as they are, I don't care if they have the goddamn hogs. I'm taking Payne and Allen versus any offensive line in the league.
0: Yeah, I'm actually, I'm less. Those dudes,
1: did you see Payne's game yesterday? Have you seen the highlights of it? He I know, dominated the Raiders by he himself.
0: Was, he was bit slapping them around. Uh, I'm not nearly as fearful of the Dallas offensive line. I mean, they're good. They weren't what they were a few years ago. I'm not nearly, especially matched up against our defensive line. I'm not worried about that.
1: Sweat will play.
0: The there's there's they may clear him for practice this week. Uh, The one that I worry about, the matchup that I worry about more is their receivers versus our cornerbacks, the depth of their receivers. Gallup is playing very, very well right now. CD Lamb was looked great against the Raiders. Well, C.D., uh, and against C.D. The CD is really good. He's wonderfully talented, and they may get Amari Cooper back off the COVID nineteen protocol. Uh, that matchup, Dalton Schultz has been playing well for them at tight end. Uh, the depth of with which that they can operate is what concerns me more than anything else.
1: See, I, I'm the opposite of like what you said about the offensive line. I'm kind of the same. I'm kind of the opposite for. The wide receivers here, we play. We, I mean, look, Russell was a, was a shell of himself, but we just played Lockett, who's terrific. Rocket's the best receiver on that team, I think, in my opinion. And DK, DK's great. We also just beat the hell out of Tampa, and they have Evans and Godwin. Uh, and for, I don't think Gronk played. Uh, I so either. more of the stories, we've played teams that have the firepower the Cowboys have, and we've played pretty well. Um, and that's why I, I come back to the way we've been playing and i i think your point about scott tenor was really spot on i think he's become vanilla and the whole league knows exactly what we're doing
0: so i would we like us to see' full five would, things over and over and over again
1: yeah i would love us to see wow well, that did not make any sense i would love for us to take a few shots early just to open up the uh box a little bit like even if it even if it's a third or second down pick like even if Heineke throws a terrible pick or something. I would love for Scott to be like, look, I'm putting Terry on a fly pattern. I don't care if he's triple team, just chuck it.
0: Their safeties um, are doo doo. Like it's good. There's the, the opportunities are yeah. going to be there. Also, like
1: I said, Diggs is not good. He just leads the league in interceptions. So everyone freaks out about it. This dude gives up more yards than any quarterback in the entire football league. Um, I also think we should load up the box, find where Parsons is, and just fucking run it down his throat. Let him know he's not as good as he is, although he might be secretly really good. But I don't care. We're gonna run it down his throat. Gibson's gonna hit that all hard. We're gonna beat him. It's 24-21. Go. Washington Redskins football team commanders, Red Wolves, Hogs, whatever.
0: It's not gonna be Red Wolves because the Timberwolves own all the patents on on Wolves names. So it's not gonna be Red Wolves. If we look, if we lose if we lose everything else, at least we won't lose. In terms of choosing the Red Wolves as his team name, because Red Wolves is a fucking stupid name, and I'm just going to call that out there right now. Right now, I can't believe that Washington, yeah. Washington Twitter is all about Red Wolves as the number one contender. That's an awful name. Awful name.
1: Well, it's going to be Commodores, and I'm going to be sad about it. But whatever.
0: Better really the team. Commodores than the Red Wolves. I don't I
1: don't really exactly. I don't yeah. really give a shit what the name's going to be. Exactly. Uh, I'll root for him, even if, if I like the name or not. Uh, if they keep the color scheme, which it sounds like we will. I think that's they I will. About. Yeah, yeah, that's
0: it's all I'm We're we going to beat
1: Dallas, though, and we're going
0: to punch him in the mouth. We will wrap it up on that note. Um, thank you so much for listening, for everyone who's made it this far. As always, make sure you subscribe to us. Make sure you follow us on Twitter. Just broke the 600 Twitter mark. Very, very proud of that accomplishment. Big shout-out to Pat and all the social social media work he does. Usually just the angry subtweets are mine, as always. Um, or some random retweets or curation of comments. But follow us there, follow us on all the other usual channels. Um, until then, hopefully we're talking to you as I watch the game replay on YouTube or try to find some whack stream for it online. Uh, and we try to replicate this effort in a winning dal- a winning effort against the godforsaken, wretched, godless, soulless, mouth-breathing cowboys and their fans. The majority, vast majority of their fans.
1: Go football team, Skins, commanders. <laughs>
0: Whatever. Whatever. Thank you for listening to the hail for the district podcast. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes or wherever you download your podcast.